Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is the Shanky Sessions, the Liverpool podcast. We bring you on the upper tier over there on YouTube. Head over there, drop your support there as much as you can. Audio versions show are available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, if that is your preference. If you'd like to contact the show, we're on Twitter, at Session Shankly, or you'll get us on Gmail, the upper tier podcast. Um, this is your match reaction and player ratings. Crystal Palace won a Liverpool tree. Certainly an interesting game. Kind of the last hurdle we have to get over before the AFCON ends and the boys return. Uh, but safe to say the boys this month done us proud. Um, I can't remember the last time we had kind of such a good January. Um, we've come out of it really, really well. You know, got into the Carabao Cup final. Now we're at the you know, into the next round of the FA Cup and then two wins and a draw in the league. So considering all things considered, our rivals would have been turning around saying, listen, don't worry about Liverpool and the Reds. They get sorted out in January when they lose the main men. But boy, did the guys step up this month. Um, Some brilliant performances in there. At times we can be a little bit shaky and a little bit sort of edgy and a little bit dodgy but look we weathered the storm we got through it we got the points that we needed we're banging the title race and especially this weekend with Man City dropping points it was vital that we went to Selhurst Park Crystal Palace and we picked up the points more often than not we've seen in the past when they open up the door slightly for us we tend not to step through it we tend to falter as well but this time we dug in got the three points not to say that the game wasn't surrounded by a little bit of controversy, let's say. Certainly VAR was the main talking points coming out of the game. But let's get into the game first before we talk about those points. Um, goals, Van Dijk on eight minutes. What a header. Absolute bullet header. Absolute fantastic cross from um, Andy Robinson. Unbelievable cross. Ox on 32 at the back stick. Again, one of the goals that's kind of a little bit controversial in terms of AAR, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Edward stepped up on 55 minutes with a goal. Palace were banging on the door all the time. Um, I mean, we gifted them some guilt edge opportunities and they didn't take them and in fairness they probably they could have potentially won the game when you look back at the chances that they had and then Fabinho in 89 minutes with a penalty absolute clutch from Fabinho um brilliant penalty taker um but the manner on which the penalty was earned was a little bit controversial as well and we will get into that as well um in terms of Liverpool kind of dominant for about 35 minutes got the two goals Looked like we were kind of coasting. And then all of a sudden got a little bit complacent. And passing started going astray. Link-up play wasn't what it should be. Um, a little bit of tiredness creeping in. Um, I think the intensity of the last month, I don't think it was fatigue in terms of physical fatigue. I think it was fatigue in terms of mental fatigue. They come through such a tough month and they knew it was going to be a tough month with the likes of Mane, Keita, Salah away. We know that we had injuries as well with Phillips and stuff like that. Harvey Elliott only returned to train and should be back after this break. Um, but we had serious players out. Thiago was out and stuff like that. Minamino missed a game or two. You know, Ox could have potentially missed a game or two when he rolled his ankle and all. So, like, it was it was tough. We had to batten down the hatches. The likes of Kate Gordon came in, Tyler Martin came in, all these players, and did an absolute fantastic job as kids stepping into a very tough situation for a January situation for Liverpool. Um, Palace, um, we knew it was going to be tough. <coughs> Excuse me. It's always tough going to Selhurst Park. It's never an easy place to go. Very tight pitch. Tough pitch to play on raucous kind of crowd 
And it, it, it's one of those fixtures I look at every year when I think, look, let's just go there, get the three points, get the hell out of there. Kind of like Turf Moor and places like that, Ellen Road, places like that. Tough grounds to go to, always boisterous, always on top of the action. So we need to just get in there, get the three points, get over this final hurdle and then move on once the boys return. And also give the guys a nice two-week break to kind of, you know, digest in what's happened so far in the season and push on to the end of the season now the last the last lap of this race is nearly coming up at this stage now and it's it's time to recharge the batteries and get ready and fly out of the traps come february um let's talk about allison i mean absolutely outstanding um nothing less than what us as liverpool fans would expect from allison but we know in recent times you know, he's been a little bit shaky, not majorly, but just a little bit at times. He's he's given up a little bit at times. But outstanding yesterday against Crystal Palace. Phenomenal performance. You'll see it in the player the ratings. Uh, you know, answers on the postcard to what we gave him in the ratings. But uh, it starts with a one and it ends with a zero. Um, but we'll get into that when we touch on the player ratings. But he was absolutely phenomenal yesterday. And he made every different type of save. That save he saved with his fists and stuff like that and all. Every single type of save, he was down both sides, he was out, the fists, every single save you can think of he made yesterday, and that's why he's getting a huge rating today. Um, and to be honest, only for him, we literally could have left with nothing. Um, but um, you know, let's talk about let's talk about VAR. We have to talk about the two goals. First of all, the ox goal. I mean, we don't need to talk about the Van Dyke goal, absolutely sublime, bullet header. Made a great run, lost his player. Robbo with a sublime cross in. He couldn't have landed it on his head any better. And Van Dyke ball back in the net done. He was celebrating before the keeper even knew he had scored. Um, let's talk about the two goals in VAR. Um, and we're going to get into this on the Monday mashup as well. Mark, our resident referee, is going to be coming on talking about a lot of VAR decisions this weekend that were just absolutely crazy. Um, the, the second goal was an interesting one. Ball came across, player who was off, so he jumped up the heady. Um, didn't make contact with it. Ball drops the ox at the back stick. He controls it down and puts it, buries it away. Um, but VAR could have reviewed that and potentially they could have seen that player is interfering in play. And I think when we come on here as Liverpool fans, we have to come on and we have to be honest. We have to call it the way we see it, not the way we want to see it. Um, and goodness knows we've had enough VAR decisions not go our way. Um, so these things kind of balance themselves out a little bit. But this one could have been one that could have been potentially chopped off. And it's such a tight game at 1-0. And then we know what happened with Palace. It was wave after wave. And then we were just offering up. It was more us offering them up than them actually playing really well. We just kept on handing them chance after chance after chance. No wonder Alisson was absolutely man of the match. Um, but yeah, the, the, the penalty is an interesting one because when you go back and you review the penalty, um, one like this wasn't given a week or two ago, I think it was. But this one was given. But when you go back and you look at it, the ref, first of all, thought it wasn't. VAR looked at it and thought that it was, and then they instructed the referee to go and look at the penalty. He went and looked at the penalty, but in looking at what they were looking at, I'm not sure whether they looked at all the right angles to make a proper decision on it. They were looking at the wrong side of the angles and stuff like that, if you know what I mean. And I just thought with Jota as well, he kind of, he had lost control of the ball. But we gave away a penalty for the same thing. I think it was against Burnley. Um, we gave away a penalty for the same thing. Um, 
but it it um it, it wasn't um it it wasn't um it wasn't given. So I'm not too sure, you know, how these things balance themselves out. But you could see the movement of Jota when he realised he was out of control of the ball. He kind of took a step to the right into the goalkeeper to force the issue. Now, listen, we're Liverpool fans. We're not going to complain. More often than not, decisions don't necessarily go our way. But this time, the decision went our way. Now, in the 89th minute, getting a penalty at 2-1, the game is more or less done. Although our game management in the whole of that second half was really questionable. So it is conceivable with three or four minutes to go that Palace could have nicked a, a draw. But um, upstep Fabinho slotted home the penalty. But um, it was interesting listening to the thoughts of Klopp after the game. I mean, he turned around and he said that, look, VAR reviewed it. They thought it was a penalty. The, the referee reviewed it and thought it was a penalty. It's not like the kind of dynamic between VAR and the referees is a little bit of a strange one as well because they kind of like, they kind of side with each other a little bit, if you know what I mean. But um, penalty was given 3-1. Um, Vieira, after the match, was very disappointed. He was, I could see he was biting his tongue in terms of what he wanted to say about the referee and the VAR. And I think he had a case. More often than not, they don't. But I think this time he, he actually had a case. I think the second and the third goal were a little bit dubious, um, albeit that they... Um, they counted so 3 1 and we got the three points and we're out of there. We go off on our holly pops now for two weeks, take a break. We come back fresh. I think our first game back then is the FA Cup game against Cardiff. So we need to hit the ground running there again. Um, but yeah, it's been it's it's been a brilliant sort of January in terms of I mean, the, the only disappointment was the draw, but we beat Brentford and we beat Palace. Um, and although on paper you would normally look and go Liverpool versus Brentford and Liverpool versus Palace, like we should be beating both of them. But they're tough fixtures when you're missing key players, and we were missing key players. Um, but the one thing I'd say about that second half, we, we wilted badly in that second half as well, and the boys looked absolutely shattered. To a man, they looked absolutely shattered. And I think it's just the mental intensity of trying to get through the month to get back to a full squad and get some players back maybe off injury as well. Listen to Harvey Elliott anyway and listen to him on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. It sounds like he's going to be back fresh as a daisy after this break. He looks like he's pumped up for the second half of the season and he could be a huge player back for us. He could be like a new soon and like a January signing really because we've, we've missed him since the early stage of the season with the ankle injury. Um, but he should be fantastic for us and a great addition to the squad. Um so the question is, after the two-week break, and I put this to you, Reds fans, are we going to be able to claw Man City back in? Do we believe we're going to be able to land a domestic cup? Could we beat Chelsea in the final of the Carabao Cup? Could we go all the way in the FA Cup? It's kind of about time we landed a domestic cup at this stage. It's been too long. Then we're still in Europe. Inter Milan is up next for us. Um, that's going to pose an interesting challenge. Um, but we should have more than enough for Inter Milan. And then the question is, can we go on a run of wins now in the league and try and claw back Man City? We know we have that game in hand against Leeds. Not going to be an easy game. Um, always prefer the three points than games in hands. Um, but I think we can beat Leeds and then we claw it back to six. And then the question is, we have to play Man City at the Etihad in April. Grand National weekend, actually, which is a huge weekend for Liverpool, as you know. Um, so can we can we claw them back? Could we claw it back to three then at the Etihad 
And then it's a case of ping pong. Can we see it out till the end? Can they make a mistake to let us back in? Um, so it's going to be a brilliant end to the season. Um, we have it all to play for. We're still fighting on all four fronts. Although a lot of people will turn around and say, well, the kind of the league is done. League's never done till it's done. Um, if you ask me, I think Man City probably have a better chance of running out wins to the end of the season than potentially we do. But that's not to say that we wouldn't do it. And we know from last year, the run we went on last year, those last 10, 12 games, was absolutely phenomenal to take us from, I think we were way down. We were in eighth or something like that. We were totally rolled off nearly in terms of Europe. And we shot right up and finished in third. So it was a phenomenal run. So if we could put a run like that together now, and maybe Man City have a couple of iffy kind of uh, results, maybe draws and stuff like that. You don't see them losing a lot of games, but maybe a couple of draws might help us out there to claw back a few points and make it interesting. But certainly we give them a run for the money. We're not letting them off that easy. Um, let's see what happens. Um, but it's going to be a fantastic, uh, it's going to be a fantastic end to the season, especially the fact that we're fighting on all four fronts at the moment. Um, let's get into the player ratings anyway, because you know we do the shows together now, the match reactions on the player ratings, all as one show for you. And apologies because the show was late this time, but what happened was I couldn't watch the game live yesterday, so I had to come home and watch it late yesterday because I was out coaching myself. Bad result against Dunboyne, but we won't get into that. Um, let's start with Allison. a 10. I don't think anyone on this planet would not give him a 10 for his performance yesterday. Unbelievable. Three great saves in the first half and plenty more after. You know, we call this, it's a team game. There's no doubt about it. And of course, someone has to go up the other end and score the goals. But I just think his handling and his saves... And like, you know, just no one was beating him yesterday. You know what I mean? But those, he was just in sublime form. And, and back to the Allison we know. So a 10 for Allison. Big result. Man of the match, no doubt about it. Let's move on to Trent. Give Trent a seven. Kind of like this is going to be a kind of a similar pattern down to the rest of the players. Like they were great for 30 minutes, but then they just hit that wall and they died off. Passing was all over the place. Link up play was all over the place. They just they just kind of looked mentally kind of shattered, you know what I mean? And I think it was kind of like once we got the 2 nil, it was kind of that bit of complacency as well where we think the job is done, but the job actually is never done 2 nil. I always say, even to our own team, it's a very dangerous scoreline 2 nil. So 7 for Trent. Have to mention that ball to Jota prior to the penalty. What a ball. How good does he hit those crossway balls and lands them right on the guy's toe? incredible we've seen it the other day against Arsenal as well he's just a unique player without a shadow of a deal seven for Trent Joel Matip a five not his best outing again a little bit nervous at times and stuff like that he's one that I think the break will do him good Um, I think a bit of time out with the family and just you know decompress out of things at the moment he hasn't had to these have been two Poor outings by his level that he pitches and stuff like that. Um, and of course, he knows there's a lot of competition there. We've got Konate, we've got Joe Gomez, got players like that. So there's huge competition there. If we assume Virgil has nailed down his position, then the boys three are fighting for one. Although we can rotate Van Dyke if we need to for certain games. Um, Virgil, I gave a 7 to What a bullet header. Unbelievable. No keeper saving that. He was already celebrating at the corner flag before the keeper even realised it was in the back of the net. And what a brilliant ball from Robbo as well. Absolutely fantastic. Um, 
couldn't understand how the player just let him run. I mean, you know he's a tread in the box. And although he hasn't been scoring in recent times and he's had some opportunities and stuff like that, he needs to start. And I mentioned it on an episode a few weeks ago as well. We really need himself and Joel and Kanate and guys like that when they come up for set pieces to be pitching in with the goals. Like what we spoke about the midfield in the first few months of the season. They need to be pitching in with goals. We can't just rely on the front men all the time. So really, really important that he got a goal there and hopefully he'll push on from that now and get a few more. Uh, Robbo will give an eight. Absolute ball to Van Dijk was incredible and he was solid throughout. It's great to see Robbo back kind of like the old Robbo again. Took him a bit of time to settle back in after being out and stuff like that. But he's another guy who knows that there's an option there in Simicus and he can come on and do just as good a job. So that bit of competition to there drives him on all the time in terms of the performance. So brilliant from Robbo and eight. Fabinho got an eight. Again, was really good for the first 30 minutes again, but just kind of dropped off again. Should have scored in the first half, but he lashed that one. Um, but the panel was clutch. You know, you have everyone losing their mind around this VAR decision. The referee's going to look at the screen, VAR, I tell them to check it. Crystal Palace are going absolutely perplexed because they think they're still in the game at 2-1, and pretty much they were. And then Fabinho just steps up, cool as you like, slots the panel home, as we'd expect from a brilliant player. Hendo gets a 6 um, again, his rating is still dipped off a bit. Absolutely looked absolutely shattered the last 20 minutes. Absolutely ran his guts out. Um, but when we know it's Liverpool and we know we have the passing game and we know we have the quality, you know, when it goes awry, we have to work so much harder and expel so much more energy instead of letting the ball do the work. So I gave him a six today. I thought there was a big drop off after 30 minutes in Hendo. And he's probably another one who will really appreciate the break as well. Probably just needs time to decompress, take some of that pressure out of the season, come back refreshed and ready to hit the ground running like all these Reds are going to be. Curtis, I gave a seven to. Worked hard. First, first half was, you know, great. Working hard and pressing all the time. Great use of the ball as well. I mean, he's just, there's just a cleverness about Curtis as well, isn't there? And there's a positivity about his play. Um, but second half again you know barely in the game at all you know dropped off shattered looked absolutely shattered and you know for him he's only back as well from injury and stuff like that so he's kind of get himself right up there to match kind of you know that match fitness again where he's really on it and stuff like that but I do like Curtis in midfield I like those forward runs he makes I like the positivity the way he looks up it's not sidewards and sidewards or backwards passing all the time he looks forward and he always wants to press the ball forward always positive in his thinking and I like that about Curtis and um, Bobby and um, Bobby I gave a 6-2 today I, I think Bobby is, is struggling somewhat Um. You know, again, solid for the first 30 minutes and stuff like that. But um, sometimes when it isn't going your way and sometimes when the passing isn't linking up the way it should and stuff like that, you're better off not trying these little sort of tricky things. You're better off just stick to the basics, play your triangles, move your ball around, all that kind of stuff. And I just think there was a drop-off today as well from him after 30 minutes. Um, and he just looked a little wasted and little or no impact. That was my thinking on Bobby. Uh, Ox, I gave a seven. Um, great finish. Took us goal well, you know. Um, fingers crossed. I'm liking Ox getting a run in the team now and staying more or less injury-free. But now he rolled his ankle against um, Brent, uh, against uh, Arsenal, was it? Yeah, sorry, against Brentford or whatever it was. He rolled his ankle, so he was carrying a bit of an injury there. So I understood the actual substitution as well, where 
you know, clubs trying to be careful with him as well. Because I think Ox is one of those players as well. If we do get him rolling and we get him humming on his palm, he's going to be a really big player for us in the second half of the season. He's a great option to have from the bench. And he's also a really good option to have as a starter. So it's really important that we keep him fit and keep him composed and confident and stuff like that. And two goals in the two games will do nothing but that for him. Um, Minamino, I gave a 6 to. Um, came on mainly to add a bit of work rate in there and bring a bit of energy because the team looked absolutely banjaxed. Um, so he came on as he does, puts in his work rate and gives a little bit of energy. Also, the substitution, I'm sure, was to protect Ox as well, you know, and protect the ankle and be careful as well. He had rolled it, so we don't want to antagonise that anymore and then you end up losing the guy for a month or whatever it is, you know. Um, but give him a six-minute He's a ball of energy and stuff like that, but we know he probably has so much more to give. But again, you know, the pressure of trying to get through the last month and stuff like that has weighed heavily on a lot of them. Um, but we got there. We're off on the break now, two weeks before we chat again. Um, check out, there's going to be some great shows going up there. We have some shows from The Vault going up. Um, we'll have a Legend series. There's a Legend series, Robbie Fowler going to go up where we take we took a look back at Robbie's career. And there's also a Legend series, Stephen Gerrard, going up over the next two weeks where we took a look back at Stevie's career as well. Um, shout out to Stevie as well. That look of death he gave those Everton fans as he walked off the other day was absolutely was a thing of beauty. He's absolutely unbelievable. Um, and definitely has me convinced that in the future he could potentially be a Liverpool manager. I wasn't sure at first, but now I'm pretty sure he could be the man to do that. Absolutely brilliant in interviews and stuff like that and all. Well, this has been your Shankly Sessions match reaction and player ratings. Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 3. Off on the break now. Time to decompress and relax and get ready then for a push to the end of the season as they come back. Till next time. If you want to hit up the show, at Sessions Shankly on Twitter, and you'll get us on the Upper Tier Podcast on Gmail. Audio versions of the show, as always, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram, the Upper Tier. Till next time, Reds, enjoy the break. It's going to be one hell of an end to the season.